Saturday night, and we are live. Welcome, Christian Television Network, and everybody else onto the platform tonight. Love you all. Be blessed in Jesus' mighty name. Got to hurry up. 55 minutes of fury instead of 90, so we got to squish a lot of stuff in. Let's hop right into the banking crisis. Silicon Valley Bank is closed, which is the second largest bank closure in American history being downplayed by the mainstream media. It is the second biggest in history and the largest one since 2008. This is a big deal. Kind of explained here at least a little bit by Tucker Carlson. We got a few from Tucker Carlson, then we'll delve deep into it. The post-millennial video, Tucker Carlson warns of the collapse. Play it for me. And we should be honest that ESG and equity are only part of the problem here. Stupidity is a huge part of the problem. SVB and FTX, for that matter, are just two of several major players in the financial industry that have gone under in recent months. Are you noticing any of this? There was the bank Silvergate, more than $11 billion in assets. There was the crypto broker Voyager, a billion in assets. The crypto fund 3AC, $10 billion in assets. BlockFi and a number of others. On Friday, Wells Fargo customers reported they didn't get their paychecks as expected. The bank says that was just a computer glitch. We don't really know, but we're paying attention. What is very clear is that we're witnessing something serious happening in the finance sector and in other sectors of our economy. We don't know where any of this is going. We're certainly praying for the best. We don't want to see hysteria. But if you're the Treasury Secretary of the United States, you would be very concerned. You'd be paying really close attention because that's your job. But Jenny Ellen is not paying close attention. She's not worried about it because it's in this country. She's worried instead about funding the pensions of Ukrainian government workers. She flew to Kiev the other day to tell us that. And as always, Janet Yellen is highly focused on her core duties as Treasury Secretary. That would be equity, climate change, and abortion. The Biden-Harris administration has made racial equity a centerpiece of our economic agenda. Roe v. Wade in access to reproductive health care, including abortion, helped lead to increased labor force participation. President Biden, uh, and I feel the same way too, believe that climate change is an existential threat that absolutely must be addressed. The message I bring you from President Biden is simple. America will, will stand with Ukraine for as long as it takes. Okay, so she's very upset about Ukraine and we don't have enough abortions and equity, equity, abortion, Ukraine. Okay, got it, got it, got it. All right, so there you go. Now, as what happened in Palestine, Ohio, where you had the EPA director, Michael Regan, flying in. Now, this is after the Palestine, Ohio derailment, where they did a control release and formed the the biggest uh, mushroom cloud in American history outside of nuclear experimentation ever formed in the United States. He was off in uh, Africa on a climate change tour after the explosion, after his approved control release. Then you have now Janet Yellen, where you have the, the second biggest bank closure in history, second biggest in history, largest since 2008. She is over in Kiev fighting for equity, climate hoaxing and abortion, and of course funding the war in Ukraine. Now, what we what we need to recognize about all of this is one thing that Tucker said about stupidity. Never underestimate stupidity. Now let me go through these. Let me go through these names. E, uh, SV SVB, which is Silicon Valley Bank, that's closed. Second biggest bank closure in history. FTX is closed. 
Silvergate, $11 billion in assets is closed. Voyager, $1 billion in assets is closed. Three Arrows Capital, uh, that's $10 billion has closed. Blockfly is closed, and many other have collapsed. And yesterday, J.P. Morgan, Morgan Stanley, Wells Fargo, and Bank of America all lost $50 billion in market value. And Joe Biden says this is the greatest economy in American history. Now, I wish that I could talk in a more educated fashion about the banking system, but I really have no knowledge of it. But you are definitely not having the greatest economy in, in American history, the greatest bounce back in American history, as Joe Biden is espousing, when you have banks closing. So look at this next one, Matt Brainerd tweet. Why is all the focus on SVB's failure of losing all their investments and not on the accomplishments? And why is everybody focusing on SVB's closing has now been taken over by the federal government. Why is everybody focusing on that and not on the accomplishment of having the only female investment committee in the banking history? And again, this goes back to Janet Yellen. Leave this up for me, Will. What does the Treasury Secretary have to do with Ukraine? What does the Treasury Secretary have to do with abortion or DEI or CRT? What does the Treasury Secretary have to do with the client, with climate change? And once again, why is everybody focusing on the second largest bank closure in history when that second largest bank closure in history had all these women in charge? I mean, why would you care when you've got equity there? When you've got uh, Bryn in charge and Karen in charge and Shannon in charge and Jenny in charge overseeing the second largest bank closure in history. But women were in charge, so therefore the closure and the absolute ineptitude can be overlooked because the the proper equity boxes can be checked. Not enough equity boxes, by the way, because I don't know how many of them are lesbian. None of them are black and none of them are transgender. So that's probably, I bet you right now, that if SVB had, in this picture we're seeing now, two transgender men, well, they're called transgender women by the globalist left, but they are transgender men. If you had two men cross-dressing as women in this picture, two of them, and three out of four of these women and men were gay, and then, of course, mix in a couple people of color, then I'm sure that since equity and inclusion DEI is so, diversity, equity, inclusion, I'm sure since that's so important, the bank would still be open, right? It's exactly the opposite. Focusing on DEI and CRT closes your bank because you know what you're supposed to be counting, uh, concentrating on? Not skin color, not, not, not who's having sex with who, not equity. What you're supposed to be concentrating on is interest rates which sunk this bank. All right, let's go to the next one, Will. Where am I? I don't even know where I'm at. Okay, Tucker. Our YouTube video, full Tucker Carlson from last night. Now, here is what was going on inside of the Silicon Valley Bank. Play for me. You to buy SVB even when it was on the brink of total collapse. What explains that? Surely something does. We don't really know at this point. Hopefully, we will someday. What we can say tonight is that SVB, like the scammers at FTX, had quite the public relations department. We're not some greedy finance outfit that exists solely to generate cash for overpaid sleazeballs who run it. No, that's not us. We may be a bank. We've got the soul of an NGO. We care. We're saving the world. And to prove it, there's a whole page on SVB's website about their plans to, quote, monitor and reduce our own carbon emissions. Yes because you want a bank that cares about carbon emissions. And of course, there's endless posturing, because it's all free, about diversity, equity, and inclusion. 
Marissa Fan, the managing director at SVB, wrote this on LinkedIn just three weeks before the bank collapsed. Quote, feeling inspired and energized after hosting an extraordinary group of pioneering and dynamic women at Silicon Valley Bank's female founder and VC Tahoe Ski Retreat. Boy, adjectives are free. They use a bunch of them. And then she attached pictures of the ski trip, showing the group of these pioneering and dynamic female bankers having a great time. There you go. So the, I don't understand how women who are pioneering and dynamic could close a bank fraudulently or what I guess it's not fraudulently because they're closed, but they closed, they, they ended up running a bank into the ground. And remember that was, I can't remember whether it said two weeks or three weeks. So three weeks before this bank closed has been now taken over by the federal government and renamed. She was putting out pictures of these pioneering and dynamic banking women, these oppressed, as Tucker said, these oppressed pioneering and dynamic women bankers. You know, that's a real, that's a real class of oppression. You know, I think about white oppressed banking women. I'm thinking those are some women who need some CRT. They need some diversity, equity, and inclusion because they are so oppressed and deprived of opportunity, right? So there's three weeks, you know your bank's closing. And I mean, listen, these people are stupid and never, again, like I said earlier, never underestimate stupidity. Never underestimate stupidity, which means knowing that you're doing dumb things and doing them anyway. That's stupidity. And, and that's the opposite of ignorance, which is not knowing. You're doing stupid things, but you don't know they're stupid. But she knows three weeks in advance, she knows they're out, they're out, uh, Skiing down Lake Tahoe, she's putting out pictures of herself with her crew. And I just, I know I, I keep saying it over and over again. These pioneering and dynamic banking women. And by the way, the main players in the closure of this bank are all women. I don't understand why it closed. If equity is so important, then why did it close? If, if focusing on climate change is so important, then how did the bank close? Because it's got nothing to do with banking. Banking has nothing to do with who is having sex with who or who identifies as what. Nothing to do with it. You can concentrate on all that stuff all you want. The numbers will still come for you. It's just like vaccinating. You can sit there and believe all you want. You can believe what Anthony Fauci tells you because you're a Democrat. Biden tells you, give me my fifth one. The numbers will still come for you. Your political expediency and your political fervency will not save you from consequences. And that's exactly what happened with the Silicon Valley Bank. Great uh, bank, great price tweet. Here's the reason why it closed. The biggest reason Silicon Valley Bank collapsed is they invested their customer deposits in treasury bonds. I thought, wait, this is, they, they can't have closed. They have equity. Women are running it. I'm sure that they care about climate change. I thought that if you cared about climate change, then your bank would stay open. No, that doesn't have anything to do with your numbers, turns out. And then you always notice the generalities with these people. Climate change, you'll hear that COVID adversely affected greater numbers, the uh, African-American community. What, what are the numbers and how did it more adversely affect the minority community, which has the same uh, immune system as the majority community? How did it more adversely affect them? Like fossil fuels more adversely affect people of color. How? And they give me the numbers. There's never, there's just generalities to push forward an agenda. The biggest reason Silicon Valley Bank collapsed is they invested their customer deposits in treasury bonds. There's the only problem with this. 
which are very sensitive to interest rates, which have been hiked up massively over the last year due to Joe Biden, due to Biden inflation, the largest bank collapse since 2008. See, this is, this is, the, per, this is the epitome of the problem. Here you have all these leftists running Silicon Valley Bank, running SV, SVB, it's hard to say, so I'm just going with Silicon Valley Bank, running this bank, they're all into Joe Biden. They're, they're all in, they, they believe everything, they're, they're invested in climate change, they're invested, invested in DNI and CRT, they're invested in abortion, they're invested in all these liberal things, but here's the problem. You weren't paying attention to the numbers that are coming for you. When, you're, when you are invested in treasury bonds and interest rates are going through the roof and you are heavily extended, a small interest rate hike, which is what the Fed is doing, will destroy you. And that's exactly what happened. But they believed that their political expediency, that thinking right, of course, there, there's a way that seems right to a man, but its end is the way of death, epitomized in this. Proverbs chapter 14, verse 12 you can think all you want, and you can be on board with Joe Biden all you want, but that Biden inflation will not spare you because you're loyal to his narrative. And all these people, and by the way, this isn't just the employees that are being destroyed by Silicon, Silicon Valley Bank uh, destruction by their closure. All the, this, There are people that have lost their retirements forever. This ain't coming back. Everybody thinks that nobody loses anything because it's federally insured. You're only federally insured up to $250,000 in that bank. So everybody over 250, you got 250. But if you had 750, you had 700, if you had 7 million in there, all right, you got your, you got your 250,000, but you lost uh, 6.75 million. It ain't coming back. The, 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 uh, the federal insurance, I can't remember what it's called now. FDIC, FDIC insurance isn't, coming, isn't gonna pay for you. It's not coming, You're, it's not gonna make up for the 6.75 million you just lost, that's, that's the facts. So these, there's people that are destroyed by this, absolutely destroyed, let's go to the next one. Paul, Paul Sperry tweet, breaking at today's, I just wanted to show you something, this is the what you should do. This is what you have to do. You may lose your job, but here's the thing, you can lose your job now or your company later. What good is it to save your job now and the company that provides your job closes like SVB Bank, right? Yeah, they all save their jobs. She's out skiing down Lake Tahoe three weeks in, happy as can be because she's pushing her equity agenda. She's saying she's for climate change. She wants to get as many transgenders onto the, you know, into employment under SVB as she possibly can. That's not gonna save you. That doesn't do anything because the numbers are still gonna come calling for you. And this is what happens here at Apple. At today's annual share, shareholders meeting, uh, shareholders revolted against Apple Inc.'s woke diversity, equity, inclusion. DNI. Whenever you hear DNI, diversity, equity, and inclusion policies, calling them overtly bigoted against men. They are. You don't overcome bigotry with bigotry. You don't overcome racism with more racism. Racism against white people is racism. Racism against Asian people is racism. Racism against black people is racism. You do not overcome racist, racism with lying. You do not overcome debt with more spending. That, that You don't overcome sin by sinning more. White people and uh, overtly bigoted against men, white people, and straight people by falsely assuming they are inherently racist and sexist. That's what you do. If you are working at a company, right? If you're working at a company that is trying to push DNI slash CRT, 
critical race theory, theory, diversity, equity, and inclusion, if they are trying to push that on you, or ESG, environmental social governance, they will destroy, that's purposeful, because they want a one world apple. They want this, eh, Silicon Valley Bank closing is on purpose. They're, put, they're destroying these people by having them not, leave this up for me, by not, by not concentrating on what counts. They're sitting there concentrating on diversity and not paying attention that they're overextended in treasury bonds, which are adversely affected by rising interest rates, and now their bank is gone for forever. Second biggest bank closure in history. They want you concentrating on that. First of all, they can control you with it because they can mandate who's on your board and put their own spies on your board. And then, of course, just like everything else, whether it's vaccine passports, whether it's... uh, 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 CBDCs or social credit systems, it's all about controlling you. If they put forth rules that you have to meet and you don't meet those rules and everybody's agreed to these rules, they can close you. And if enough people have agreed, if you basically have a world banking system and everybody inside the world banking system has agreed to DNI and CRT and, or ESG and you don't abide by it, they can close you. That's the point of it all. That's the point of CBDC, central bank digital currency, that's the, that's the point of social credit systems. Somebody at the spigot of your life, at the spigot of your funds, at the spigot of your freedom outside of you. That's the point of it all. And you will make a decision like these employees at Apple have done to say, no, well, that could cost me my job. Many of you watching right now, and again, primarily I'm speaking to the choir. I'm not yelling at you if it, if it doesn't apply, so stop being offended. Many of you masked because of the social consequences of not masking. Many of you closed your churches because of the social consequences of not closing. Because the community, the world, which is run by the prince of the power of the air, would say that you lack compassion and love if you don't close. The world is telling you? I thought God was love. And God says, whatever you bind is, whatever you bind is bound, whatever you loose is loose. So that's love, not what the world says is love. But many of you masked, vaxxed, lockdown you took you took the the clot jab you took the pfizer the moderna vaccine from your political opponents your your theological opponents your philosophical and political opponents you you can't stand anything that they do you don't believe in gun grabbing you don't believe in abortion you don't believe in socialism you don't believe in communism you don't believe in a one world bank but you took the one world banks the abortionists the gun grabbers and the democratic party's vaccine you must learn to stand. Well, I could lose my job. Lose your job. It's better to lose your job than be dead from an mRNA gene therapeutic. It's a whole, this is what these people are doing. Because Apple's going to close because they want to have a one world Apple. Who's they, Tom? The globalist, bourgeois, leftist, elitist. They want to have a one world bank. Read the book of Revelation. They want to have a one-world government, a one-world bank, a one-world Apple, a one-world payment system, a CBDC, a social credit system. That's the point of it all. And the people of Apple have said, you know what? Absolutely not. And good for them. Finally, somebody is standing. All right, let's go to the next one. Switching topics. Let's go to vaccines. Now, this is a thread of basically the timeline of gene editing and gene and, and, and gene therapy. It's a Dr. Ray video. Simply put, gene editing is a type 
of gene therapy. Watch, watch the transition here. Watch the timeline. Play for me. Gene editing, we believe, is not yet an effort that should be undertaken for humans. We don't understand the safety issues. If something goes wrong and that gets passed to future generations, that's clearly bad. And it's pretty fundamental. I'm talking about changing our very essence, our own instruction book for biology being tinkered with. Do we know enough to do that? Does that cross a line that most people would find um, uncomfortable? I think they would. In the United States, that kind of work is illegal. In China, it was done for two little girls by a Chinese scientist who I believe really violated all of the ethical principles that should have been at work. And we have considered that to be, hopefully, an egregious action by a rogue scientist that will not be repeated by others. We need to take the time now to really understand. The difference of this fourth uh, industrial revolution is it doesn't change what you are doing. It changes you if you take a genetic editing, right. uh, just as an example. It's you who are changed, yeah, and of yeah. course this has a big impact on your identity. Yeah. And offers certain kinds of possibilities that have to be careful about. You know, yeah. when, you began to, when you began to do that kind of gene editing, some people worry that you are changing what it means to be human. As long as not everybody is vaccinated, nobody will be safe. These vaccines, these drug biologics, and by the way, going back here, I'm sorry, I'm using the wrong term, because according to the FDA and Health and Human Services, these are gene therapy. They're gene therapy. That's, these are their documents. I guess it's gene therapy. Uh, in cell and gene therapy, which to me is one of these examples where really we're going to make a difference, hopefully, uh, moving forward. There's some, uh, ultimately, the, uh, the mRNA vaccines uh, are an example for that uh, cell and gene therapy. I always like to say, if we had surveyed two years ago uh, in the public, would you be willing to take a, a gene, th gene or cell therapy and inject it into your body, we would have probably had a 95% refusal rate. I think uh, this pandemic has also opened many people's eyes to, to innovation in the way that uh, was maybe not possible before. Now, now did you see the timeline there you had francis collins who at the time was the head of the nih which is anthony fauci niaid's boss so you have you have francis collins saying in december of 2019 right before all this unfolded basically one year later him saying you know what no not one year later because it was right one month later right am i getting my timeline right december 2019 and then we, oh yeah, I'll start in 20. Yeah, it gets, it gets good. 36 months and 15 days to flatten the curve. So there you are. So you have basically right, right when this was coming out. So now I got, got it in my head right now. So you have Francis Collins saying, the head of the NIH, he's saying that nobody should take a gene editing, a gene altering drug. That's what he's saying at the outbreak of COVID. And one year later, He's pimping and whoring a gene editing drug. That's, that's the National Institutes of Health. That's, that's Francis Collins, Anthony Fauci's wife. And remember, he brings up these two girls that took gene editing drugs inside of China. He lambasts it and then pushes it himself not one year later. So he says it shouldn't be done. Then, of course, you have Klaus Schwab saying that it's part of the fourth industrial evolution where you get your genes edited. And then right after that, basically a subsidiary of the World Economic Forum, the World Health Summit, you've got a guy saying, you know what, if we told everybody the truth, 
that mRNA vaccinations were gene editing, we'd have a 95% rejection rate. So everybody was told that these were what? That these were the V word. And we all call them that for ease of conversation because it's hard to say a gene editing or a gene therapeutic drug over and over again. So we just say vaccines, but these are not vaccines. They are gene editing drugs. They get into your genetic material and change what they do and even what they look like. Basically, it's as simple as this. You, they inject you with an mRNA vaccination. It gets into your genes, changes your immune system, which causes antibody-dependent enhancement syndrome. So the only thing that your immune system, your immune system, uh, system should respond to cancer as cancer. It, it, should, it should look at cancer as an invading army. Now it doesn't. It only looks at S spike proteins as an invading army. That's what these. That's why you're seeing cancer rates going through the roof. I'm not even getting into the cardiopulmonary uh, health problems that we're having now: heart attacks, myocarditis, pericarditis, blood clots, or any of that right now. I'm simply talking about the ability to fight off disease. These change your genes. So the only thing that they will fight is what they are pre-programmed to fight, which is S-spike proteins. The problem is, is that S-spike proteins don't stay in the, reject, in the injection site as they were promised they would, and they form and they go and coagulate in other areas of your body, like your aortic valve, so your immune system punches holes, actually fights against your own heart, your own aortic valve, because that's where the S-spike proteins are. So that's what they did. So you have these guys, they are spineless worms, spineless worms like Francis Collins saying we should never get into into gene editing. And not one year later, he's doing the exact thing he said we should never do. That's who these people are. Let's go to the next one. Vigilant Fox video. Couldn't be worse news. The genetic code for COVID-19 shots could be passed down from parent to child. Peter McCullough, play it for me. There's been a paper published from Malmo, Sweden, senior author is Yang D. Marinus, that showed that the genetic code for Pfizer gets installed into the human nucleus of a hepatoma cell line uh, very rapidly within a few hours. And experts believe the entire code is actually installed into the human genome. This paper has not been challenged by any other lab. Uh, we're looking for confirmation, but this is disturbing now. Uh, since the messenger RNA for Pfizer, in a study done by Stanford, by Rolkin and colleagues is permanently in the lymph nodes, uh, at least as far as they've looked for several months now. So the genetic code, once people take these vaccines, is long lasting. It may indeed get into the nucleus, change the human genome, and then pass down to daughter cells. That means uh, th that this could actually be passed down to the progeny of vaccinated young parents. Uh, there couldn't be worse news right now. We are hoping this vaccine would be in and out of the body. It looks like it's long lasting, causing, causing a tremendous amount of damage. Yeah, the problem is, is it can't be in and out of the body when the genetic code has been changed. And when your genetic code has been changed and you make a baby, you're passing on that very genetic code to the baby. That is what he is saying. The apocalypse has only just begun when it comes to these vaccines. If you have been vaccinated, you need to be prayed over stat for that thing to be leached out of your body and any and all damage that it's done be healed in Jesus name. All right, COVID vaccine injuries video. An eight, an 18-year-old Ohio athlete is lucky to be alive. Play it for me. Or a local high school student is waiting for news about her heart. 
after collapsing during track practice this week. And our two athletic trainers are being called heroes for quickly performing life-saving measures. Two News reporter Riley Phillips joins us live now in this studio with this developing story. Riley? Ebony Sherwood is a senior at Stebbins High School and she is the epitome of athleticism. She plays football, basketball and track and she was actually at track practice when she suffered a heart attack. Now it's just hard to imagine that she's had a heart attack at 18 years old. A nightmare for the And just going off of that story, Dr. James E. Olson tweet, I don't have the tweet, but it says, that it that is two high school girls in the past three days, one dead of an aneurysm at school, and the other one in critical condition after a heart attack, and both of them sports players. This is child murder. Go to the next one for me, Will. There you go. Uh, Gateway pundit pick St. Louis Battlehawks athletic trainer dies suddenly at Team Hotel. Just so you know, you may not follow this stuff like I do on social media. This is everywhere i skip a lot of these i could put i could coagulate a long list of these every week but i'm telling you it is everywhere this is uh, they want you want to talk about a pandemic yes we have a pandemic a pandemic of kids dying of heart attacks and aortic aneurysm but remember what, what did i just tell you about s spike proteins what did i just tell you about ade antibody dependent enhancement syndrome that has to do with the heart too it's not just a matter of it can't fight off cancer. Again, when all that your body is programmed to do because it has been gene edited is to fight off the S-spike proteins that have been injected into the body that were supposed to stay at the injection site, but they don't, as Dr. Peter McCullough said. They're in the lymph nodes. It appears they could be permanent now, and it probably is permanent when your genes are edited. And then your body goes and fights against itself because those S-spike proteins are coagulated inside your liver, inside your kidneys, inside your heart, inside your lungs, inside your lymph nodes, cancers through the root, roof, and kids are dying everywhere. And I'm not even talking about blood clotting right now. I'm not even talking about how many people are dying from COVID-19. More people are dying of COVID-19 now than ever, but they keep telling you that's not the case. It's absolutely the case. The real pandemic for COVID-19 happened after they, they made everybody have ADE, after they injected everybody with an experimental mRNA gene-altering vaccination that gave people antibody-dependent enhancement syndrome, which is why in the country of Australia, they've had more COVID deaths from the least virulent variant of all, which is Omicron in 2022, more COVID deaths in 2022 from the least virulent variant than they had in all of 2020 and 2021 combined. Why would that be? Everything they lead, everything that they do leads to death, everything. They created, the they created the virus, that led to death. Not nearly as many de deaths as they claimed. They claimed mass death so they could get to their next level of death. What was their next level of death? Masking you, locking you down, causing people you know, to breathe in, latent coronaviruses, latent viruses, latent bacteria, killing people while they're masking, causing people to, to, to deprive their brains of oxygen, causing mental health issues, causing crimes, causing mass suicides, causing mass overdoses, record mass overdoses, uh, 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 mass drug overdoses in America. What, so that they created the virus, that's one level of death. Their mitigations is another level of death, all to get to the vaccines, which is the actual bioweapon. The real, bi the rest of them were warm up bioweapons for the real one. And now this is what we are seeing every day. 
every day. Let me just show you this. Go to the next one. Kind of changing topics here, but this is just the legacy of Joe Biden and the establishment left in our country. John Cordillo tweet, because everything leads to death. Everything leads to death. NYPD cops resigning from the force in 2023 at a record pace. It's only a 117% increase from 2021. This was Joe Biden's record increase in 2021. And I'm sure, I don't know this, but there was a record increase in 2022. And all those records, another record broken by Joe Biden, by the Democratic Party, run by the galactic, stupid idiot, Mayor Eric Adams, who runs the city of New York, who's even dumber than Bill de Blasio, who ran it right before him. And now you have an increase of cops resigning of 117% from two years ago. It's a horrible, thankless, poorly paying job on behalf of political bosses and people who hate you. That's correct. Why would anyone stay on if they didn't have to? That's exactly correct. Just a legacy. It all leads to death. They don't have enough cops. They're, they're billions of dollars in debt in NYC. And not having cops on the street has caused a 25% increase in murder and a 40% increase in felonious crimes. All right, let's go to the next one. Here's another Joe Biden legacy. Just the news tweet. Sexual assaults. I, I can't believe we're having a sexual assault increase when everybody's into DNI, diversity, inclusion, and equity. I, I thought everybody. I mean, when we are when we're into ESG, environmental, social governance, and CRT, critical race theory. How could it? With everybody's on board with all this stuff, how could we be having such a sexual assault in, uh, increase? And where are we having? We can't. Well, I'll read it. Watch sexual assault. This is the video, but we're not showing the video. Sexual assault to the U.S. Military Service Academy reaches now record high. How can that happen when these when the when the military academies are all under DNI Dequ- uh, diversity equity and inclusion chief Mark Milley? You remember White Rage Mark Milley, chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, and Lloyd Austin, who's all into CRT and inclusion. Also, how can we be having mass crimes against women inside of our military academies? Could it be that when you get into CRT, there's more crime? When you get into DNI, there's less diversity, less inclusion. In, uh, was it diversity, uh, equity, and inclusion? Could it be that the more that you push these things, the worse people behave? Why is it that we're having? You can't find a video of a white person beating on a black person now, but that's all you can find on social media. We have a, we have a black on white crime because it's all been licensed. It's all been legitimized by DNI and CRT. People believe they have a right to do it. But under Joe Biden, he sets all kinds of records. I wrote some of his records down. We had the second, as you heard earlier in the show, we had the second largest bank closure in history that just occurred in 2023 with Silicon Valley Bank. We have the largest illegal immigration problem in history, breaks records every month. We have record violent crime, as you heard me state earlier, 25% increase in homicides, 40% increase in, in violent crime under Joe Biden, record debt, record inflation, and now the most sexual assaults that have ever occurred in the history of our military academies. That's great. Joe Biden is setting records every day of his administration. Isn't that fantastic? All right, let's go to the next one. Uh, let's switch to 1-6, the insurrection. And remember, all of these things are tactics, whether it's COVID-19, whether it's vaccinations, whether it's insurrections, what they call disinformation, whatever it is, it's all to leverage you into a one world commerce system with a singular access point. That's what the insurrection is about. The insurrection is all about turning 
our federal law enforcement agencies against the Democratic Party's political opponents. That's all that it's about. Because you can label these people as insurrectionists and seditionists. That's all that it's about, period. So as people just simply make a statement like, you know what, I hate the Democratic Party. Insurrection, how's it an insurrection? Again, it makes no sense, and it's all generalities. Nothing they say. Again, fossil fuels adversely affect to a much higher degree, the African-American community. I'd like for you to prove that to me, please. Prove that to me with, with statistical data. But they just operate in generalities. One of those generalities has been in the insurrection. Now, am I saying that no crimes occurred on 1-6 of 2021? Crimes did occur. But we don't know by who. Were they instigated by the FBI? Were they instigated by Antifa? Were they instigated by FBI informants? We don't, nobody knows because Christopher Ray refuses to answer those questions. But here is uh, Ber- uh, Benny Thompson, who was the chairman of the illegal 1-6 committee, said he doesn't think any of the January 6th members themselves ever had access to the 41,000 hours of video footage. So how do you, how do you conduct a committee when you are determining the guilt or innocence? Because basically it was the trying Donald Trump committee How do you determine whether Donald Trump is guilty or innocent or anybody is guilty or innocent when you don't view one second of the 41,000 hours of video footage? You know why they didn't? Because every bit of video footage, remember, you're like, they showed videos. They showed videos. They didn't view videos. Who was giving them the videos? ABC News. ABC News ran the 1-6 committee, Not, not members of Congress. Not Liz Cheney, not Adam Kinzinger. Yes, they're idiots. But they didn't actually run it. They were just spoon-fed the information by an ABC News producer. They didn't look at any of this stuff themselves. They did no investigation. That's why they want their investigation kept confidential. All their investigative materials, they want kept confidential. All the investigation actions or lack thereof, they want kept confidential for 55 years. That's a fact. Just like Pfizer wants to keep their vaccine developmental data confidential for 75 years. Of course, they lost that in a federal lawsuit. Hopefully, all of this gets overturned, and we get to see what Adam Kinzinger, Liz Cheney, Adam Schiff, what they didn't do, Bernie Thompson, what they didn't do. And they didn't look at any of this video footage to either exonerate or accurately accuse anybody of anything. I'm actually not aware, quote from Bernie Thompson, Benny Thompson, I'm actually not aware of any member of the committee who had access. How do you not have access? And this is happening all the time now. Where you have law enforcement officials whose oversight it is, who's like the Judiciary Committee, is their oversight, or the Intel Committee, is their oversight, and you have law enforcement officials testifying before these committees of oversight that they would refuse to answer questions that they can't comment because this is a, under current investigation. They're, they're not answering to their oversight. And that's exactly what's ha- happening here. Now, the 1-6 committee, of course, had their own agenda. They didn't, weren't looking to, to actually oversee anything. They just had an agenda to brand you and I as insurrectionists and seditionists, anybody who supports Donald Trump. And again, I want to reiterate something. I saw things on 1-6 that were criminal acts. And those people need to be prosecuted. Not everybody is innocent, but it certainly doesn't qualify as an insurrection or a sedition because there was no firearms involved and nothing was insurrection, insurrected and there was no sedition. 
There was no election that was stolen. They always say the insurrection to overturn the election. How would they ever have overturned the election? Even if they occupied, like Occupy Wall Street, even if they occupied the Capitol for 36 hours or even 10 days, how would they overturn an election? It makes absolutely no sense, but again, they operate in generalities. We had a team of, of, of employees who kind of went through the video. This is the 1-6 committee. This, this is who all the media was reporting on. And what's amazing is, is all the mainstream media and all the leftist pundits will read this. This is a quote from Bernie Thompson. Benny, I keep saying Bernie. Benny Thompson. This is a quote, and none of them now will retract their accusations. None of them now will say that the 1-6 committee was illegitimate. It was illegitimate. They didn't look at any of the 41,000 hours of video, and they didn't even have access to it. How that's possible, I don't know. They didn't want access to it. All right, let's go to the next one. I don't even know what the next one is. Here we go. Oh, I just wanted to show you this. You side-by-side it. I just want you to never forget. I believe We're bleeping out the video. This is a shooting of Ashley Babbitt. And I just want you to see it. Now, the reason why I'm showing you this is we should never forget. Now, there's Ashley Babbitt's just been shot. There she is laying on the ground. Now, I want you to notice who walks up behind her. Right there. See those guys? That would be a SWAT team from the Capitol Hill Police. Why on earth, if you have a SWAT team behind a suspect, there he is with his AR-14, right there. Say 14, is that right, or 15? AR-15, 15, right? AR-15. So I was, <laughs> I think it's Joe Biden screwed me up, honestly. I flip it back and forth now. AR, I, I even own a couple AR-15s that I forget, and I call them AR-14s. AR-15s, or whatever that is he's got, it may be something else. I'm, believe it or not, even though I was a cop for 25 years, no gun expert. I carried a nine millimeter for most of those years. I'm not an expert. I've nine millimeter and shotguns, all I ever carried. But why would you shoot somebody when you have a SWAT team behind them? You have a SWAT team right there. The, you're shooting her for going through this window to access what? The Congressional, you know, the, 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 you know, the House or the Senate floor or the House floor? You have the SWAT team right behind you. First of all, it's a crossfire situation. He's actually shooting into other cops. But so why would you ever shoot her when you have cops right there? They could have grabbed her by the legs and pulled her back in. And again, I just show these things because I don't want people to forget. Ashley Babbitt was murdered by Lieutenant Michael Byrd of the Capitol Hill Police Department. There was absolutely no reason to shoot her at all. But... Benny Thompson didn't watch the video. They didn't have any access to the video. He didn't pay any attention to it. Not only did they not watch anything, he claims that the 1-6 committee had no access to it. No wonder they never talked about Ashley Babbitt. Of course, we all know they avoided any pertinent videos, any videos that would overcome their agenda. But I just wanted you to know that's what they weren't watching. Here's another one they weren't watching. Juanita Broderick video. Here's Jacob Chansley, which by the way, I don't believe Jacob Chansley's some giant hero. Um, do I think he should be charged with some crimes? Potentially. It depends on how he entered the building. There's video now out of how he entered the building. It appears he entered through a, an open door. Now there's people smashing windows right next to him. He wasn't doing that. And he's appeared to open, to walk, through, walk into the Capitol through an open door. Fine, all right, fine. But I don't believe he's some hero, okay? Yeah, you know, it, it's pretty obvious that you're not. I mean, again, I know it got confusing, but I'm not going to exonerate bad behavior. The only thing is, what should he have been charged with? At most, parading through the unlawful, parading through the Capitol, 
which is a misdemeanor crime. You get a notice to appear, pay a $500 fine, and go home. He's still in prison now. He's been in prison for over two years and just got a four and a half year, 41 month sentence. So, but here is the narrative and here's what Benny Thompson and the rest of the 1-6 committee refused to watch. Play for me, Will. Your actions on January 6th were an attack on this country. Do you understand that? No, they were not, ma'am. My actions were not an attack on this country. That is incorrect. That is inaccurate entirely. How would you describe them? My actions personally? On January 6th. My actions on January 6th, how would I describe them? Well, I sang a song, and that's a part of shamanism. It's about um, creating positive vibrations in a sacred chamber. I also stop people from stealing and vandalizing that sacred space, the Senate. Okay, I actually stopped somebody from stealing muffins out of the out of the break room. I also said a prayer in that sacred chamber because it was my intention to bring divinity and to bring God back into the Senate. But Jake, legally, you were not allowed to be in what you're calling the sacred chamber. And that is and that is the one very serious regret that I have was believing that when we were waved in by police officers, that it was acceptable. Do you still believe you're a patriot? I consider myself a lover of my country. I consider myself a believer in the Constitution. I consider myself a believer in truth and our founding principles. I consider myself a believer in God. So there you go. Now you saw this. My producer Aaron just said it. This girl is like brainwashed. I think you hope you say it was from 60 Minutes. So this woman's like brainwashed. And I'm just, she didn't say it this way. I'm just stealing this from Aaron, but... You're an insurrectionist. You're a seditionist. What did he do? What did he do? At most, parading through the Capitol. He even says he regrets ever entering the Senate chamber. Whatever. But the bottom line is, crime or not, and again, this all comes down to, you can line item veto a narrative. A narrative that there's an insurrection. All right, was there a protest? Did the protest go bad in certain areas? Yes, it went bad. Who caused it to go bad? We don't really know. Was it the cops that caused it to be, go bad when you had DC, DC Metro police under Muriel Bowser lob, lobbing tear gas into a peaceful crowd? That's where the cops went wrong. Did some protesters go wrong? Yes, they did. Did the cops go wrong? Only the only people who died on that day, on the day of the protest, we're protesters, that's it, including Ashley Babbitt being shot through the neck while she's unarmed with a SWAT team right behind her. And that my, my assistant over here, Will, just said, the only, you see the SWAT team responding to gunfire? The gunfire that was provided by the Capitol Hill Police, Lieutenant Michael Byrd. So none of you, again, you go, and you go to this narrative of 1-6, okay, we all agree one six, one six happened. We all agree there was vandalism at the Capitol. We got it. But was it an insurrection? No. Was it sedition? No. Was it an attempt to overturn an election? No. You can't do any of those things without firearms. You can't do any of it so it doesn't qualify. You have to line item these things. And Jacob, Ch- Jacob Chansley, the QAnon shaman, is not an insurrectionist or a seditionist. He's a goofy person. He was in prison for four and a half years and has already been in prison for two years. For doing what? All right, let's go to the next one. I just, I, I, is this a video, Will? Yeah. Okay. The FBI, sorry, I'm, 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 I'm talking so much I'm losing track of my notes here. Here's just the state of the DOJ, the Department of Justice, in this country right now. Of course, you've got 
They sleep like a baby at night. QAnon shaman, four and a half years in prison. We just went over on Thursday night, the FBI being caught lying under oath in uh, the latest uh, uh, Proud Boys, or I think it's Oath Keepers trial, lying under oath in the Oath Keepers trial, actually deleting parts of the files that they gave to the court. So we have all that going on. Nobody, the 1-6 committee, not looking at exculpatory videos, not having access to the videos is what they claim. This is being spoon-fed by an ABC News producer. That's the state of the DOJ. Here's Josh Hawley questioning Merrick Garland about the FBI and Mar-a-Lago and were there lower-tier members of the FBI that actually did not want to raid Mar-a-Lago? Play it for me. Attorney General Garland, you said in our last exchange that it's your practice to defer to FBI agents in the field. I was interested, given your answer, to read in this morning's Washington Post that the FBI is saying that you overruled them when it came to raiding ex-President Trump's personal residence. Washington Post reports this morning showdown before the raid that senior FBI officials who would be in charge of leading the search resisted doing so as too combative. These field agents wanted to shutter the criminal investigation altogether, but they were overruled by Maine DOJ. I've skimmed that article. It is not, that's not an accurate reflection of what the article says, and I'm not able to comment on the investigation. Um, my comment earlier was about tactics uh, on the ground in particular wait, cases. Wait, 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 wait. You said it's not an, I'm, I'm reading to you from the article, quote, Senior FBI officials who would be in charge of leading the search resisted the plan as too combative and proposed instead to seek Trump's permission to seek his property, according to four people, end quote. There is often a robust discussion, and in the end, and it's encouraged among investigators and prosecutors. But yes, and you made the decision. I did. That's right. You said you did. No, I'm sorry. What I said was I approved the decision. So you didn't make the decision I to appro- rate? I approve the decision to seek a search warrant after probable cause was overruling the FBI agents who did not want to do so. Did you talk about this with the White House? The memorandum does not that that, um, uh, Washington Post article does not say what you're saying. I'm sorry. And I'm not able to describe this in any further. Mr. Chairman, I'll just ask that this entire article be entered into the record. Without objection. And we can read for ourselves. I invite people to go and look. It says exactly that FBI field agents did not want to conduct the raid and they were overruled by DOJ. So it doesn't seem to me, Attorney General, that the FBI has a lot of confidence in you because what they're doing clearly is trying to distance themselves from your decisions. They're out there leaking left, right, and center and saying it wasn't us. We didn't want to do it. Sometimes you actually have to admire the audacity of the globalist left, of which Merrick Garland is one of those. Merrick Garland, who of course has made his pilgrimage like all the Muslims do to Mecca, He's made his pilgrimage also to Ukraine. But you have to explain to me why it is that Merrick Garland needs to meet with Voldemar Zelensky. It's just all part of a religious pilgrimage to go and meet their Lord and Savior, Voldemar Zelensky. So here you have the, the audacity of this man. You, you, it doesn't matter what you present to people about vaccine information, that more people are dying now of COVID-19 post-vaccination than pre-vaccination. 
More, you know, the skyrocketing rates of athletic deaths, nine out of 10 of all hospitalizations and deaths from COVID-19 are amongst the vaccinated. You present all that information to them, show them on video, show them genetic, ed- genetic editing on video, and they won't believe it. Just like Merrick Garland says, I skimmed the article, and it doesn't say what you said. And then Josh Hawley reads verbatim from the article that the FBI did not want to raid Mar-a-Lago and he overruled them and told them to raid Mar-a-Lago because the FBI works for the most corrupt attorney general in the history of the United States, that being Merrick Garland. Look at, speaking of corruption, Jesse Waters' primetime video, nine boxes. Now watch, I know a lot of you know this, but you don't know the understory that I got from Dan Bongino, so watch this. Jesse Waters' primetime video, nine more boxes of Biden documents taken from his Boston office. Play for me. Nine more boxes of documents received from the office of Joe Biden's attorney up in Boston. According to the librarians who took the boxes, these boxes actually came from the Penn Biden Center. They removed the Penn Biden Center. The managing director, as you can see here from this website, was a man named Michael Carpenter. He managed, there was a managing director of the Penn Biden Center where these classified documents were moved from. Why is that significant? Because, folks, I told you there were three cover-ups. Cover-up of the Jan 6 videos, cover-up of the lab leak, and a cover-up of Joe Biden being a foreign agent. Joe Biden is a foreign agent. Not a spy, not not, uh, not James Bond. Joe Biden is an economic agent of a foreign country. Multiple. Foreign countries, some enemies in the United States, paid members of the Biden family, clearly what appears to be at this point an influence peddling operation to gain access to power in the United States, making Joe a foreign agent. One of those countries is Ukraine that hired Joe Biden's son, Hunter Biden. When that arrangement was investigated, Joe Biden noted on camera, by the way, that he demanded the investigator in Ukraine, the prosecutor, be fired. I'm going to play this video again for about the 10th time to show you how critical this scandal is that our president is a foreign agent. I want you to see who's sitting on stage with him in the infamous, I got the prosecutor fired, well, son of a bee speech. He even shouts him out. Oh, this is Michael's thing. It's Michael Carpenter the managing director of the Penn Biden Center, where the classified docs were moved from. Take a listen. There was another billion dollar loan guarantee. And I had gotten a commitment from Poroshenko and from uh, Yatsenyuk that they would take action against the state prosecutor, and they didn't. So they said they had, they were walking out to the press conference, said, no, nah. I said, I'm not gonna, we're not gonna give you the billion dollars. They said, you have no authority, you're not the president. The president said, I said, call him. <laughs> I said, I'm telling you, you're not getting a billion dollars. I said, you're not getting a billion. I'm going to be leaving here. And I think it was, what, six hours? I looked, I said, I'm leaving in six hours. If the prosecutor's not fired, you're not getting the money. Well, son of a <laughs> got fired. And they put in place someone who was solid at the time. Well, there's still, they, so they made some genuine, s- substantial changes institutionally and with people. But. One of the three institutions, there's now some backsliding. The courts are there. And the, yes, and they had made that commitment that they wouldn't do that. And so when we left, the first thing I spent uh, um, a lot of time, as did 
Mike, because this was his territory. Is Mike, because this was his territory. Is people like Charlie Cupton and Victoria. Anyway. Hmm. Mike? Same Michael Carpenter was the managing director of the Penn Biden Center. I wish I had more time. I wish I did. They all know each other. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Back here, 830 Tuesday night. God bless you. If you enjoyed watching the Tom Lipley podcast, would you consider investing in the program? Go to TomLipley.com and donate any amount to the podcast, and we will send you this exclusive TLP shirt. So what is the will of God? Romans 8.28, and we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who are called according to his purpose. That's a qualified verse, though. Christians use that to say that the will of God is unfolding in their life. If your business stinks, it's not the will of God. If your family stinks, that's not the will of God. He is not working for your good. He's not, he's not using your compromise and your rejection of the word of God for your good. Because Romans 8, 28 is qualified with 27 and nobody reads 27. Why is that? Because it puts, it puts the responsibility on the believer. Now he who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the spirit is. Because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him who have been called according to his purpose. He is working for your good. In that, he's listening to how you pray. Romans 8, 26. In the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for. But the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groans that words cannot express. That's the good that he's doing. He's honed in solely on the voice of the Spirit. Are you praying the Holy Ghost? That's the good he's listening to. Not your compromise, not your sin, not your worry, not your fear, not your bad attitude and working for your good. The only good he's working is what the Holy Spirit is telling him to do. It's only good. 